0: What's up friends? Welcome back to the Dark Waters. I'm your host Josh. Uh, It's Friday evening. I'm sorry for getting this out late. Um, It's about 2100, 9 o'clock for all you civilians. Um, It got busy today. I ended up getting a new dog. uh, Ruger. Cool cool dude. Um, You know, and hung out with the family. You know, shit like that. So, my apologies, but uh, here it is. Um, Right now, I'm kind of waiting, probably like everyone else is, waiting for the uh, results of the uh, KBF National Championship uh incredible three days man um i enjoyed following it uh congrats to everyone who made it down there whether you just fished day one or two or made it to the uh was one of the hundred that fish day three you know congrats to all uh safe travels home i hope you guys had a great season i hope you guys are all happy with the uh the work you put in um but you know this is it for uh, kbf uh, we got the uh what hobie tournament champions and that's it for 2020 i believe that's it for me, period. I like, I'm going fishing tomorrow and then I'm putting the kayak up. Uh then strictly focusing on killing deer. Um still haven't killed one yet. I hadn't even seen one yet. Uh but uh, I want to get one more day of fishing. Um, you know, it's gonna be a while. Uh probably won't get in the water till February, uh once I see what the schedule I I'll decide once with the uh the big uh the big guys put out their uh their 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 uh schedule for uh two thousand twenty one. But uh yeah, fun year, right? Um but yeah, other than that, uh, I'm not sure what else is going on. Um, make sure you guys tag me in some pictures. I, I guess do me a favor. I guess the popular thing is is for me to tell you guys to go give me five stars on uh, Apple or whatever. I don't whatever. Five stars, four stars, whatever. Just go let me know what you guys think of the show. Um, love to hear you guys' feedback, even the bad ones. Uh, I still don't know who uh, who blasted me for cursing too much, but thank you for your honesty. And, uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm not going to stop cussing or anything like that, but, uh, it's, it, you know, I, I still appreciate the feedback, but, uh, yeah, we'll jump right into this cause I've been day drinking and I don't want to talk too much and embarrass myself more than what I've already have. Um, but, uh, make sure you guys check out Exxon Lures. They make awesome plastics uh i can't say enough about them uh they, they, they've been a great support of the show and the listeners of the show make sure you use capital d capital w 15 get yourself a discount outdoorsman coffee david cruz good friend of mine uh fellow veteran uh fellow kayak angler you know if you can get your cat you know if you get coffee get it for one of your own stay caffeinated um but uh dark waters 15 you know get yourself a discount uh, my next guest is uh, Patrick Bavaro. I think is how you say his last name. Uh, you know, sorry if I butchered that, my friend. But uh, he is the owner of Invicta Kayaks, which is a brand new not brand new it's a it's it's a newer kayak company that started about two years ago down in uh, South Florida. Um, you know, Patrick is a fellow Marine um, entrepreneur, and it was it was cool talking to him. You know, everybody's you know all the other podcasts have already talked to all the big you know, the big people or the big kayak companies, you know, Jackson, um, Hobie, uh, Bonifa, you know, whatever, you know, I've heard it all. Um, and it was, it was nice to try something different and talk to someone who's like just starting up and, you know, some of the struggles, some of the risks, you know, how the whole process is of, you know, building a, building a new kayak, you know, or, you know, a new kayak company. And, you know, and I mean, the market's pretty saturated, so it, it was cool to hear why and what he's done. And he's just a cool guy to talk to. We had a few beers, um shut the shit and uh that's that's what the show is all about so you know it's different than what i normally do i normally don't talk about products and things like that because i think everyone has you know a biased opinion but uh this was different this was cool because it was someone who's starting from the grassroots levels and, and you know just hearing you know what it's like to do something like that because it was fun so uh hope you guys enjoy it um, I got some other show just did a recording with Nate Gloria. That was fun. Had a few beers with him. Probably a little too many beers. That's probably why I'm still talking right now. But uh Yeah, anyways, I'll wrap this thing up guys. I'm sorry for wasting your time. Um Dude, have a great weekend. Uh get out there, kill deer, catch fish, drink beer, whatever it is, but goddamn have a good time. You deserve it. Um and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Ciao. Record or what? All right, Patrick, welcome to the Dark Waters. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? Good, good. What are you drinking? I uh, just
1: got my, uh, my Bud Light Lime, man. It's nice and refreshing after a long day of work. You know, it's kind of, kind of, in, but uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, where are you at right now? So I'm down here in uh, South Florida, so out near uh, Fort Lauderdale in Broward County.
0: Okay, now the sun's still up?
1: <laughs> no, the sun's not up anymore.
0: Okay, because it looks bright as shit outside.
1: (laughs) Nope, sun's not up. It's not like uh, up there in Michigan sometimes uh, about a month ago when it's like, what, dark or light out around 10 o'clock at night?
0: Super weird. Okay. You got one of those weird background things going on, I take it. Yeah, I do. Can't figure out how to take it off. When I I, I was first on, it didn't didn't dawn on me what was going on. I looked at it like, that's just not like Florida at all. That's like uh, the furthest thing from Florida I could possibly think of. But uh, Yeah, so uh, you said you're in Fort Lauderdale? Correct, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Well, it's your first time on the show. Uh, if you don't mind, just kind of give the like, people a history of like, who you are, you know, what you do, what you've been through, some shit like that. Sure. So, uh, my name is Patrick Bavaro. I'm the founder
1: of Invicta Kayaks. Uh, we uh, started manufacturing kayaks uh, towards the end of 2019, and uh, then COVID hit, and that kind of uh, changed the dynamic of kind of what we were doing as a company, but we adjusted and overcame and uh, lived down here in South Florida all my life, been on the water all my life. Um, real big, just kind of recreational fisher, fishermen, uh, don't really, haven't really done too many tournaments or anything like that, but, um, I enjoy getting out in the water, doing a lot of inshore fishing, uh, as well as, uh, getting out in the glades once in a while to, uh, do some fishing out there as well. So, uh, have some kind of unique, uh, fishing experiences around by us. I try to take advantage of them as much as I can.
0: Nice. Now, you know, when I was reading about your, uh, your company, it Says it was started by, what, two Marines? So I actually started by myself, uh, and I am a
1: Marine, Uh, got out back in uh, 2018, I finished out my reserve time back in 2018, Uh, went in as a tow and javelin Missileman, so uh, got trained out in Paris Island, and then went over to uh, Camp Pendleton for tow and javelin school, and kind of stayed out there for uh, a little while longer, and then came back here down in South Florida, and uh, did did some of my reserve time out here with the Civil Affairs Unit, believe it or not, that went down to South
0: America a lot. Now O three or uh the javelin that makes you like an two? An fifty
1: two,
0: yeah okay I was I was an O three fifty one um assault I think they did, I think they yeah I think they disbanded that MOS because when I was in I was in back in like two thousand two to two thousand six um and everything changed but now I don't even think assault men are even uh there anymore
1: so I think uh, when I was at SOI um in two thousand and twelve. I think they were they were having talks about disbanding it. I think the next year, so they were wrapping up kind of the final schools of assault men and uh, getting rid of that MOS altogether. So um, that was right when they were phasing it out.
0: That's how you know you're old, like old school, right? Like back, they didn't they didn't even have the job I had anymore. I like what does assault men even do? <laughs> it, was, it was really weird. Like you know, I came in like right before the war started, um, like right after 9/11. And we were the um, pretty much the anti armor guys. We were like you guys, but uh, with the small, we had the small rocket. um, Uh, Lost. It's not. Yeah, it's it's called a small. It's a shoulder multi or shoulder fired multi purpose assault weapon. I think it was like an 84 millimeter rocket. It was bigger than AT4, but not quite a javelin, or and not not quite as expensive as a javelin, uh, or whatever it is. But uh, that was. um, yeah, and then we played with explosives. We, we were like the, the breachers, like we breached the wire. You know, back when guys used to like charge the beach and you know had to breach the wire and then go kill Nazis and shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> back back in back in those days. But uh, but but as soon as the war started and mean, we, we weren't really blowing shit up that much, they kind of made it just we were just regular rifle guys. Like we were just we were we beat them up to make like uh, their squads a little bit bigger. So that right. I mean, it, I never really got to be what the job was supposed to be. Like it, like. No flamethrowers or any shit like that. I,
1: I totally get you. Uh, not a lot of tanks in, uh, in Afghanistan to blow up. So we kind of got the same uh, same end of that stick where we got trained to do t- toe and javelin and just got crushed into a bunch of machine guns and uh, mortar and stuff like that and obviously riflemen. But uh, that's actually how our, our unit down here in um, in South Florida, the reserve unit anyways, was also a tow and javelin uh, unit, which was tied to four tanks out in California. And uh, they actually, the year that I got to the unit back in uh, 2000 15 maybe 16 um they switched to civil affairs and which is like complete opposite of, of infantry and uh started going down to central and south america a lot more which was kind of enjoyable but oh that's cool yeah they phased it out after that too
0: <laughs> yeah that's like i was like that's because you know when i was in you know i i, I got out uh the marine corps in 2006 and then i went in the army in like 2007 and stayed until like 2013 or something like that for something like that but uh there was no, like, you know, like, when the Marine Corps, you're supposed to do these floats. and supposed to go do these, uh, you know, awesome-ass deployments and go to South America, do some crazy yeah. training down there. Never. Like, I, my, my whole deployment was just, like, hot-ass desert, uh, you know, Kuwait, Iraq, Kuwait, Iraq, yeah. Afghanistan. That, that was that was all I knew uh, through my whole career in the military. Yeah, well, we, we got
1: lucky down here in Miami having South Tom kind of, you know, headquartered down here and not being far away from the you know, Caribbean and Central South America. So we got kind of first dibs to— kinda of go down there a lot of the, the mini deployments. They weren't full scale six, seven month deployments usually, but uh, they, they were good rotations.
0: Well cool man, cool. Um so just like uh just to talk about fishing for a little bit before we get into the the whole Invicta um you know kind of like what you do like what you fish, where you fish and how it kinda all led up to you getting into a kayak or you know how you know, kayak was you know became interesting yeah. to you.
1: Yeah, so um it all started I guess like most other Guys and, and gals that enjoy fishing. It started my, with my dad and my family, and um, you know my dad was um, you know a good recreational fisherman too, and uh, he's a firefighter down here in South Florida, so he had a, a lot of spare time on, on some of the weeks. And so uh, started out with the, with a John boat, uh, then it kind of upgraded to a, a nice uh, 26 and a half foot sailfish. This was right before uh, 2007, 2008, when kind of the economy crashed. So right. bought into a nice big boat. I was super excited. Uh, went out fishing on it a few times, loved it, and then the economy crashed and had to get rid of the boat and had to find other means to kind of getting out of the water. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, bank fishing and uh, being able to kind of go off bridges and stuff was obviously a go-to for that, but then uh, kind of expanded after that, trying to figure out how best to get on the water. And, you know, back in 2010, you know, I don't think kayak fishing was kind of as popular as it is now, Um, so it really wasn't. Uh, I guess, a great concept at the time. It wasn't something that was kind of mainstream. Uh, so, you know, I ended up finding a, a kayak at Walmart, bought it, um, went out in some of the canals out here in South Florida, um, started fishing out there for some, you know, largemouths and smallies, and and then uh, ended up kind of getting out in, in, in the inshore in the Bay Area started going for some sea trout. And uh, then it just kind of started developing after that, looking for snook, redfish. Um, but, you know, for us, um, we have a pretty diverse... Uh, water system down here so we kinda get to pick and choose a little bit which I'm always you know uh excited about.
0: Yeah. Well I'm I'm originally from like Panama City, Florida. Okay. Uh, so I, like you know I tell people, you know, I, I love fishing and you know, I do a lot of bass I, I competitive bass angler. Um I'm up in upstate New York now. And so you know I target like largemouth and smallmouth and uh you know I'll I'll travel around and you know, I'll fish tournaments. But if people if were asked if I still live in Florida like, I wouldn't really do that much bass fishing. Like, I would be out there in the, uh, the saltwater, the flats, and catching large amount or not, i I'd catch the reds and the trout, uh, the tarpon, go down, you know, go down south kind of where you're at, like, look for snook and, you know, bonefit and things like that, because that's kind of how I grew up fishing, but, you know, obviously, I just did a lot of wade fishing and bank fishing, but, like, I mean, I love bass fishing, but I don't know, there's nothing like hooking into a red, Um, you know, a, and not like like, the, the fisheries down there are so diverse, I mean, like, I was in Panama City and we had like the, uh, they're called the like intercoastal, um, whatever. It's, it's like the, the, intercoastal, the, most yeah. Travel, yeah, the yeah. intercoastal waterways. The boats travel all through the panhandle and shit. Like, I'm sure you guys got that down there where you're at, but totally. it's just, it was just like, there's just flats and, and bays and coves and stuff everywhere. And it would just, that was like my favorite kind of fishing. And it's just, I, you know, if I was in Florida, that's what I'd be doing. I think I would, I'd be chasing reds and the trout and the bone, like all those. Cause, I mean, it's Florida. I mean,
1: I know. I will say that uh, on the west coast of Florida, I think it's definitely um, for kind of the inshore fishing and kind of keeping it, you know, close to shore. It's definitely a better environment for catching reds and, and doing right. sea trout and everything like that. Down by us here in uh, South Florida, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit of deeper water. Um, you still find it in the bays and stuff, but uh, it's definitely not as um not as prominent to find a redfish and redfish put up a great fight man so those
0: are those are fun fish
1: to catch but uh whenever i do get one it's always exciting so i enjoy it
0: do you uh, have you ever targeted those uh, i've never seen them before um they're alien to me but the uh the peacock bass the uh, that, that that weird yellow so odd, odd color alien looking fish it's so funny you say that because i have I, so we have uh in my w2 job i, I
1: so Invicta Kayaks is not a full time gig yet. We're, you know, we're building, manufacturing them, selling them. It's still a small company right now. But uh, for my W-2 gig right outside our, uh, our corporate office, we have a canal. And uh, a few weeks ago, I went out there to kind of peek around and see what was out there. And there's some peacock bass. So now I always bring out my big caster with me and try to try to catch them. man. But they're difficult fish to catch. They're picky. You got to have the right thing for them.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone tells you know like people just they love like they love they love the fish those things. I just they're, they're way down south, and I was a you know like a, a northwestern Florida guy. So, uh, but uh, they're definitely my bucket list. Um, now, have you uh, have you fishing the bigger lakes down there, like the, and and, and chase those the, the gigantic largemouth that Florida's known to have, like the, the Florida sp- whatever strain of uh bass. So I went with um, a buddy of mine. I went up to uh, Jacksonville.
1: He um, was a Navy guy. He was up there in the Nassau up there. And um, Jacksonville happens to have, I mean, it's not Lake Okeechobee. You know, Lake Okeechobee is a giant lake in the center of Florida. But they have some pretty good lakes up there. And uh, they have some pretty big tank bass up there that, that you catch a man And they, they, they take you for a ride, especially if you're on a kayak. It's, they're great fighting fish, too. And i um, do not get to go as often as I'd like to. I mean, uh, we don't really have too many... Down by me, there's not too many lakes that are not manmade <laughs> right so uh, we don't get that ex- exposure to some of those uh, larger bass that I would love to catch.
0: Oh cool man now with the kayak like what did you start off in like what was your some of your first kayaks you have because I mean obviously you decided you wanted to build a kayak company, so I imagine you have some experience in some uh you know different kayaks and kind of figure, out, oh well maybe I want to you know build my own kayak one day like what what are, what is are some of your experience with the uh, the kayak? Yeah, so long journey, but uh, I think it's
1: probably started out with, with a lifetime, uh, lifetime hundred. And, and, you know, it was a um, cheap boat just to kind of get on the water and, and it, it did its job. It was a good starter boat, if you will. Um, but then, I, obviously, when you start getting on the water and you start fishing, you want to start adding different mods and, and fish finders and, and all that other cool stuff that, that goes along with it. So um, after that, I went to a uh, Jackson Cusa. Love the Jackson, uh, great boat. Um, stable, enjoy the hell out of it, um, but then it kind of, you know, after using it for so long, you kind of start, you know, wanting to, to, to switch out to something new and just on a car sometimes you always want to upgrade it or always find something different, so um, I actually kind of, I'm, I'm kind of entrepreneurial by spirit, I think, and so I ended up um, kind of getting into, man, what would it take to start building kayaks because was starting to get popular. Uh, I have a bunch of friends who kayak fish as well and just fish in general and uh, they were super interested in it, um, and it was always fu- hard to kind of find a kayak that was not outrageously priced. And, it, you know, right. it's hard to say that because, you know, fishing kayaks are fishing kayaks. I mean, they're made to, to, to go fishing, and, and because of that, there's some different features and things like that that are built into it, which obviously raise the price. So um, I wanted to find kind of a nice in-between to do that. And so I uh, contracted with a, with an engineer to get some CAD drawings done, made it from a concept into into a design, uh, and then late 2019, we kind of started rolling out some of our first prototypes, which there's uh, some kind of bad in them. Uh, we tweaked them a little bit. And then from there, uh, we went into our first batch of production uh, in early 2020, uh, right when COVID hit. And it was a great time to kind of get into it. But at the same time, it was a bad time uh, just because the kind of world turned upside down. And manufacturing right. uh, times have kind of changed and, and everything like that kind of happened. So uh, we've had to adjust, and, and we're excited that we have another large batch of inventory coming in here at the end of October, so we're very excited for that.
0: Now, what were your thoughts, you know, because, uh, you know, like, there's already um, kind of like these small empires in, in kayak fishing, you know, that uh, they, 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 they took advantage of being there, I would say, just first. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause, so, like you said, like, the, the actual sport itself isn't that old. I mean, people have always been fishing out of small crafts probably for as long as we can remember. Or you know the human the human race has been around whether it be uh, canoes or whatever but uh, the sport of kayak fishing we'll say I don't know like KBF that organization's only five years old and I imagine there was a five years before that before they got a hold of it but uh you know now you've got these uh these big franchises now like Hobie and Jackson and you got these other big companies like Old Town uh New Canoe um Feel Free so you already you already got these just a ton of stuff you know and and everyone's already uh you know you know, pleasure allegiance to these companies. You know, like it, it's crazy, but like every time I look on social media, it's like, oh, I am on the Jackson team or I'm on the Hobie team, and I'm this and I'm that guy, and everyone just like they've already given their loyalty to uh, a company that makes kayaks. Uh, when you were getting ready to do this, like, what were you looking at? What, what were you looking at being different? Why would you even want to get into something that's kind of uh, become saturated? Because uh, there's 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 tons of companies, but there's always there's already those companies at the top. Like, what were you looking at? What were you trying to think of differently? And what made you even want to do it? Because, I mean, it's it's like oh, anything yeah. efficient. It's like building a rod. It's like you could start your rod coming, but are you ever going to be bigger than, you know, Yeah. zoomers? I mean, like these rods, everything's already established. You know, what were your thoughts and what did you really want to bring into it that made you really want to make this your uh, – what you're going to pursue? Yeah, so that's a, that's
1: a very good question. So, you know, uh, for
0: me, bigger isn't
1: always better. So, you know, there's obviously – uh, benefits to, to, to working with you know bigger companies that are obviously well established they have their their clientele that have pleasure uh, loyalty to them and I was like that too even with, even with the Jackson I mean you know I, I love my Jackson kayak um still talk great about them you know I, I really did enjoy it but um you know for me it was kind of finding that that in the in that middle um, kind of beginner fishing kayak where um it's not an I'm going like to like to kind of afford and to kind of get into and and it's really something that, uh, for us, we wanted to design something that was was kind of easy to load and go. So, you know, we built our kayaks with railing systems already built in. Most of them come with the rudder systems as well. Um, and we wanted to, to make it at an affordable price so that folks can kind of get into it without um, breaking the bank to do so. And so, um, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a mountain climb. I mean, um, you know, we're, we're not – I don't think we're ever looking to, to be, you know, Jackson Kayak or some some, you know, major – um kayak brand would be awesome absolutely um but i'm totally cool with with having a, a loyal customer base and, and keeping it um i wouldn't say small but being able to focus on our clientele and kind of giving them what they want and and making it a, a good experience for them to be on the water with
0: yeah i was kind of thinking about that because you know everything just seems to be big you know everyone wants to just be big and everyone follows just big big they just follow like whether it's your favorite rod your favorite kayak um but you know we look at other stuff there's also like the, like um for like fishing poles, like I mean, yeah, you can go pay the uh, you know the three four hundred dollars for a rod, but then you got these people who aren't really trying to like these these smaller you know whether it be a, an individual or an actual company, but you know someone who wants to build custom rods. Like they're not necessarily looking to building you know custom rods for um, a large quantity of people because how could they they can't do that. They can only build so many at yeah. some times. So they, they can't be the big enterprise or the big empire or something you know someone who's already you know taking over that market. But still, they they, they get like a loyal following. Um and you know the, the, and they, and they and they build their own little, little business off of that and uh you know small like more tailored toward the clientele than I guess the uh, the industry which a lot of times you see with the kayak it's 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 all to uh, I mean it's all marketing it's all um I don't know it's, it's just the industry I just know I noticed that in the industry like the, the fishing industry the kayak industry um and then you got the other people who are kind of underneath it are just kind of like they, they love what they're doing they love the sport. But they're keeping it kind of more personal with their, uh, their clientele, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and you know, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with, with ever buying those $3, dollars rods, those, you know, uh, you know $2,000, $3,000 Hobies. I mean, listen, they're, they're, they're great boats. They're great rods. Um, there's definitely a market for that. It's just like Yeti, right? Yeti came out, and there was thousands of coolers out there that, that were, what, $30, $40 a pop. And then Yeti comes out with a $300 cooler. Yeah. and and it completely disrupted the market, which, you know, I don't think we'll be doing disrupting the market, but, um, you know, I, I don't think that um, they were expecting to do that either, but they did. Right. And so, um, you know, I think, I think even though there's that competition out there um, it's, it's fine. I like the competition uh, for us. It's more of something that we're passionate about. Um, you know, we, we like the challenge. Um, and, and it's really just trying to grow something into something that we can be proud of. So uh, yeah. that's what, Kind
0: of our 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 vision is to make the kayaks. Now, is there a certain like Pacific thing that you were trying to do with the actual? Because the only kayak I'm sorry I'm horrible with the name is it the the, the one that has the uh, the pedal drive is it the serpent? The serpent,
1: yep.
0: Okay, so that's the only it's not, it's, that's the only thing I care about is, these days. It's got to have a pedal drive. Um, but I mean it's 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 uh it it, it so the, the boat itself looks kind of like a uh you know like a Jackson Kusa or a uh you know a um an old town um sportsman like it, it you know it's it looks like a kayak, one of those kind of fishing kayaks. But then it's got the uh, the pedal drive of what a Hobie would have. So, I mean, it's like it's got these different things, but is there anything specific that you were looking to do with your yeah. guys' specific kayaks that were going to make it Invicta? Granted, we can't – no one's ever original. Everyone's just stealing cool. – not stealing, but everyone's grabbing ideas. Like, no one's ever original with anything. Yeah. Um, there's – so, but I mean, was there so specific- much specific you can build into a kayak, anyways. I think. I
1: mean, it's not, unless you're starting to build motors into them and stuff like that. I mean, there's only so much you can sort of sort of do with a piece of plastic. Right.
0: It, it, it's it's plastics and then whatever customization you wanted to do to it. But like, what were you? Was there anything specific that like Invicta was looking to do with their kayaks, like as far as uh just styles and things that you wanted? To, like, maybe you like as an angler yourself that you that you brought into it, or yes. you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, so for, for me, it was um, really wanting to, to, to build something that had good displacement in the water. So um, I know you can't see my me here, here standing, but, you know, I'm a pretty uh, large guy. I'm about 6'4", 240. Um, you know, so for me, standing in kayaks isn't always a, a fun experience. Um, I, think I kind of tip a little bit if I kind of lean one way or the other too much. So uh, for me, it was trying to build a boat that displaced well in the water. And, and there are other boats out there that absolutely do that, too um but again our our market is really geared towards kind of the the not not beginners if you, if you say but kind of that that early entry um kind of clientele that kind of want to get into get into kayak fishing but aren't really convinced yet that they want to spend the two three thousand on dollars on a hobie um outback or something like that to kind of get into the game because you know listen I, it's great to get into those boats I, i've been in them myself my, my buddy has one i've been on it um there are tremendous boats to be on but um, it's 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 expensive. It's almost a different league of kind of kayak fishing when you're in one of those. You know, you got to actively be using it in order to kind of get the most out of it. So oh, right. uh, for us, it was it was displacement. Um, storage is another thing. You know, for me, um, same thing. I kind of hated doing that whole spin around, trying to grab something behind you, or you have the fish start tearing behind you, and you have to start cracking your neck and stuff like that. So. Um, for us, storage was was somewhere that we wanted to to kind of have access to in multiple spots. So most of our kayaks come with storage in the front, center, and back, um, and and of course the built-in rod holders, just like most other kayak brands now as well. But uh, those are the two big things for me: it was storage as well as uh, displacement in the water, uh, which I, I think we accomplished pretty well.
0: Now, when you got when you're when you're going through like the uh, the planning phase and you're doing all your prototypes, like you know at this point, like how much you know unless you're doing something crazy like what Eric Jackson's doing with Jackson and building like or the 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 former owner of Jackson and building like a, a whatever carbon boat that it's light and moves at the speed of light or whatever it is that he's doing with that thing uh, I think it's called apex kayaks I mean like most of the stuff is already been put out there in one way or another like i mean um when you guys were going through the uh, the prototypes was there anything like what was the big like was there any big holdups with that what were you really trying to, to figure out because you we, we all know what these boats do I mean like yeah get, th- there's certain there are some differences between the kayaks but for the most part they're all just kayaks like I mean they're just there's just certain like you know attributes that one kayak might have over another like st- different kind of storage space uh, a wire hole or a, a, you know it sits in the water, but I mean, there's, there's still just kayaks, you know, I mean, it's not like there's a, a huge difference between them all, so what, like, I mean, it was, so, hey, you're absolutely
1: right on that, Um, you know, the, the cosmetics of the kayak are something that, you know, are kind of easily built out, and they, they don't really change too much, I guess, from, from kayak brand to kayak brand, I mean, you know, we have the, 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 the transducer kind of fish finder built into the kayak, too, where you can drop the wire down or drop the transducer down, um, the storage, all that type of stuff, the fishing rod holders, et cetera. But uh, one of the things that was a little bit of a challenge for us was kind of figuring out the right balance between uh, the thickness of the plastic as well as kind of the, the width and kind of whole shape of the kayak, because those three things right there kind of helped really gauge kind of how the kayak is going to track in the water, um, how it to displace properly in the water and obviously how heavy it was going to be. Because if you build it too, th- too thin, then obviously you run into problems with the hole itself actually when you're kind of dragging over those rocks or, right. um, or putting it into the water itself or taking it out but um with it being too thin also you start running into it being too light and then kind of not tracking well when you're when you're paddling or pedaling or want to just maybe stay in spot in a place with an anchor um so it's kind of finding that right combination and we went through uh several engineers to kind of get there um and again some some good prototype builds and some bad ones, and a lot of them were kind of done thankfully now with kind of the day of technology that we're in. Uh, we're able to do a lot of CAD drawings and kind of get getting it pretty close to kind of how we want it prior to ever kind of going through the molding process. Right. But um, those are probably the, the three hardest things for us was figuring out the right, the right kind of width of the kayaks or kind of a, um, a structure of the hole. Um, as well as kind of the shape of it to make sure that it was kind of the right three elements of making sure that they were tracked well, they were stable enough, displaced well, and would be something that would enjoy them on the water.
0: Well, let me ask you this, because you, you know, the, the reason I really want to know because I've never, like, it's, it's hard to find someone who's just starting, you know, um, you know, it, like two years, you guys have been around for two years, you just, you know, whatever year had your kayaks out. Um, So, it's, you know, I really wanted to talk to you because, you know, it's, 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 it's always interesting to me. And don't think I'm, I'm going this wrong way, but it's like, I kind of learned a lot about fishing gear this year, like really learning about it, you know, like, you know, like buy a custom rod. Like, what does that mean? Like when you talk to someone who's you're buying a customized rod, it's like, you talk to him, it's like, like are, are you like the uh, blacksmith down in their basement, like hitting yeah. steel oh, and, and folding sure. it and hitting it steel until you build a rod. And I'm like, do you do that? And it's like, yeah. no, like, and they show, and they give me, you know, like we go, we get our, we get our blanks from here and you go, and you look at where they got these blanks from. It's like, well, shit, it's already a rod. Like, I mean, what what's really a custom, like customized rod or something that's yours, but it's pre-built here or pre-built there? You know, and all these other things, I mean, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It just it's like, well, it was made here, and you just did this to it, did that to it. I don't know what what that really means. Like I said, you're not the blacksmith down there, like, beating yeah. steel and folding it and making it this perfect, you know, sword or something like that. Uh, with the kayaks, like, I mean, are you, are you guys, like, down in some, like, basement building that shit? Like, putting the mold in, uh putting all the stuff in and holy shit, we got a kayak and you put it out there on the on the, on the, on the sale. Cause people were looking for jobs. So I was paying them cheap to come to our basement and just start building. No,
1: I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 so, um, so yeah, it's actually a, it's a pretty uh, interesting process. And so uh, we, we had to meet with manufacturers and, and, and kind of figure out um, the best way to do that. And for us, it, it was roto molding, which is how the majority of kayaks I think today are probably made. I mean, there are, uh, obviously, your carbon fiber ones, and, and um, there's that other brand that, that was on Shark Tank that you see. That's um, I think I, it's something like Origami. I forget the name of their kayak brand, but it's one of those um, um, kind of recreational, you know, speed speedster type kayaks, it's not a fishing kayak. But um, anyway, so Rotomolding R- R- molding was the way that we went for us. And so it's um, <laughs> uh, these Rotomolding molding companies. They have these huge machines, man. That that you you know you make your mold, you you send it to them, or they have it there made. Um, and from there, they, they pour powder in. It's this giant kind of spinning mechanism and it starts spinning it and heating it at the same time. Um, and that's how you kind of produce your, your actual kayak mold. Um, and that's kind of where you start finding out if there are imperfections or if there are things that need to be improved upon with the mold. Um, so it can be an expensive process kind of getting to that phase because you need to get the mold right. You know, uh, either the first time, or hopefully the second time after that. Not too many times after
0: the second. <laughs> so you, so you, you create the mold, and the mold goes here, it goes somewhere. Like so, so there's, a lot, there's a lot of partners you got to have in first. It's not like building your own rod company where you just need the supplies to do it. Like you have to, you know, find people that kind of guess outsource a little bit to help you actually get it going. Okay. I guess. Listen, it'd be great to,
1: to be able to do it all yourself, but I mean, you're talking you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to own one of those you know rotomolding machines. Um, so yeah, there's there's multiple players involved. Thankfully, um, you know rotomolding is not a, a new concept; it's been around for quite some time. That's how Yeti makes their kayak or makes the kayaks, makes their coolers, etc. Um, so there are manufacturers, plenty of them out there that are very skilled in doing it. Um, So it's really just finding uh, the right kind of relationship with those manufacturers to kind of make sure they understand what you want and what you're expecting of them, them of of you, etc. And then kind of building that relationship. It's like anything, there there have been good relationships and and bad relationships that we've come across, but, um, you know, eventually you do find that kind of good fit um, and and they help you and you help them and it becomes a, a, a good business relationship.
0: Well, cool. Once you had that all figured out, like first off, how many prototypes did you have to actually go through before you were like satisfied? Oh, I'm ready to put this in the market and take a chance with this one. Uh, yeah. you know, and yeah. So right now we have about, um, one, two, uh, five, five, mol- five molds,
1: um, that are, that are finalized. Um, thankfully for us, uh, I think we only had to do one or two. Ex- I think we had to do two extra molds. Um, cause the first one that we did for one of the models wasn't, um, Perfect. Uh, had some issues with it that, that we weren't too happy with, so we, we had to change one of them, which um, was unfortunate. It was expensive, but you know it was fixed, and we're we're, we're past that now. Right. Um, but the actual once you get the mold done, I mean, it's pretty it, it's pretty easy after that because after, after you get the mold done, it's just having them made. You know, I mean, they're going to come out the exact same way every single time. Um, so that's probably the, the the hardest part is just making sure that the, the mold is done the right way. Um, they probably last you about it depends on how you know the temperatures and how often you're using them, but um, on average you're supposed to get five to seven thousand uh, kind of molds out of them um, each time. So uh, we, we should be able to make a lot more <laughs> before those go bad.
0: Right. Now, who did you use? You know, when you're deciding what you want, because you, you know you built you built a, you built a bunch of different types, and there's only one that I know of that you know that someone like me would want that would that would be interesting. Because I mean, the other ones are just for different kind of people. I saw one that was like a dual seat um was there anyone like we were, were out there getting who are you getting the data from like did you find some uh you know anglers down there or did you say hey go beat this thing up and go catch some fish in it let us know what you think or anything like that Like, what would what you do with that whole part like well um so like i said uh, you know I, I do have a pretty good friend group if you will that that you know
1: are, are ad fishermen they're kayak fishermen too um we did have some folks that that were a little bit more experienced down here locally Um, who have been kayak fishing for some time, kind of get get a hold of them too to kind of test them out and give us feedback and tell us what's good, what's bad. Uh, Before we got to that stage, you know, with our CAD drums and stuff, we had kind of the same concept happen where they didn't have an official kind of book to get into, but uh, in in concept, they, they told us what was good or what was bad about it. And we kind of adjusted based on, on what needed to happen. And so, um, you know, thankfully, again, you know, there's pros and cons to it since we, you know, since we already kind of talked about it, that this market has been around now. And it's kind of got really hot over the last probably five to six years. Right. Um, so there's a lot of good designs, a lot of bad designs. Um, and you kind of take the good and the bad and, and you take out what you don't want and what you want in, and you kind of build it to what you feel is, is the best product. And, and that, that's kind of what you go with. So um, there was a lot of uh a lot of a lot of uh resources to to get good stuff back from and bad stuff back from
0: right now did you uh where do you where do you start off at like i mean you got this company you're building kayaks i mean do you just get a bunch of them and and sell them out your uh, basement at first were you looking at shops were you did you already have like uh, relationships like like how local is this thing and then has it expanded anything beyond uh being local. I mean, I've heard about you, so that means, like, you do got some, like, you're getting out there a little bit with your name, Um, but, you know, how did it start off, like, you know, I guess, what is the process of, like, because, I mean, it takes, I would imagine, like, being in a company and starting off small, there's got to be milestones, right, unless you do have, like, crazy connection with, like, Dick Sporting Good, and they they buy all your kayaks or whatever, but I imagine, like, there's got to be, like, milestones, like, starting from your basement, selling a few, then getting here, put, you know, just the same way, like, I guess, like, lures do, that's why lures want their pro staff Teams, so they can go in there and, and try to sell them to the local get them sold to the local shops and things like that. How guys approach that? Yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's probably pretty grassroots
1: uh, development, just like the most other small businesses are. I'm sure, just like with your podcast, you know, you kind of had to start building that base and getting the word out um, locally for the most part to start out with. And so um, our, our first shipment was a, was a small shipment. It was probably about I think it was about 15 kayaks at the time uh just kind of you know one or two of each model just because you know again we didn't really know what was going to be a hot seller what wasn't what was going to be good what was going to be bad um a lot of good feedback and so we were excited about them all. they all sold very very well and then and, and really good feedback and reviews on them after they kind of got in the water into the into client's hands but um <laughs> for us it started uh wasn't in our basement it was in our shed we don't have too many basements oh. here yeah that's
0: before. right we ain't got, <laughs> got basements.
1: Yeah, so uh, so I have a shed on the side of the house that uh, we thought we'd be able to fit 15 kayaks in, turn out to be only being only able to do eight. And so, we're like, oh crap, we gotta gotta figure out where the hell these other seven kayaks are gonna go. So they went into our living room until we can get rid of them. And, and it really only took about a week to get rid of all 15 of them. Um, and so then uh, we 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 found a commercial warehouse space. Uh, have our have our shipments going there now. Um, we're still selling them locally for the most part. Um, uh, we do something online as well, uh, and we kind of started just doing that on the last shipment of them, which was in the beginning of 2020. Uh, the hard part of, of, as you can probably guess, of shipping a kayak is the size of the kayak. Yeah, uh, shipping but, and handling
0: and all that shit.
1: Yes, yeah, so is not just pick them up and, and deliver them. Um, you got to get with a freight you know, freight forwarder or a freight company, a freight line, and kind of figure out the logistics, what's going to be the best way to get these. Um, affordably into uh, someone's hands, and so that that was a challenge with figuring that out. But um, so far, we figured that out. Uh, started shipping those in the beginning of 2020, and um, starting to kind of grow, if you will. So, so we're uh, we have a lot of folks that are interested in our next orders, that are our next shipment that's coming in uh, towards the end of October. So we're excited for it. So,
0: so what is like the uh, you, know, you, you know you got this thing up and running, so that's an accomplishment in itself. But what's like a near t- like a near you know, like what's your what's your close range targets right now? Like what do you really want to do? Like you have you have the product built now, uh, you- you're selling them locally. Like what do you do now? Like the, are are the, 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 no. I'm not I'm not a business guy. I don't know how that works, but I would I'd imagine it's like oh. you 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 want to build a Flor- you know a Floridian empire of kayaks and then invade Georgia or whatever. Like I mean, are you looking? Are you talking to okay. <laughs> <laughs> possible distributors, things like that? Uh, yeah, so uh, for us, I, I think our, our small
1: milestones um, might sound—it's uh, not stupid, but it just might sound maybe small in mind, but it's, it's actually a pretty large accomplishment in our eyes—is is being able to say that we sold one kayak a day, so 365 kayaks in, in the span of a year. Um, and again, this is a, a grass kind of roots movement; it's it's bootstrap. It's not—you know—I don't have 100,000, 200,000 dollars VC funding coming in to to make these. So. Um, right now, we're probably on track of being about three quarters of the way there um, over the next year. And then I'm hoping that year two will, will kind of hit that mark. Um, but long term, um, you know, w- we wanted to turn into something that's a full scale business that, you know, I can say, hey, this is what I do now because I'm passionate about it. I, I, I love kayaking. I love getting on the water. I love being able to put a good product into, into people's hands and, and being proud of it. So, uh, ultimately that, that is what, what the kind of end goal is, is to get there in the next three years. Um, but for right now, it's, it's not a side business, but it's, it's it's a, uh, it's not a a full-time business just yet for us. All all your
0: eggs aren't one basket just yet. Uh, I would love to, but I think my wife would kill me. (laughs) Now, how did, um, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing, it destroyed some lives and then it enhanced others. Um, you know, and one of the things that we saw the fishing industry, uh, you know, I can't buy a kayak. Say, you know, like th- th- this year I wanted to get, or now, this coming year I wanted to get a new kayak, and then, you know, every time I get online to try to find one, they're all sold out. Like, it's hard to find kayaks. In fact, I could probably make more money selling my kayak than what I paid for it, um, you know, two years ago, uh, just because, you know, everybody, everyone decided they were, they were outdoorsmen, and they all wanted to be uh, anglers, and so everything was bought up. Uh, how much did that help you guys? because you guys, I think you guys are sold out on a few of your, your products. Yeah, so um, our last shipment, which was uh, was about 40 kayaks,
1: uh, we were expecting, again, this is not, you know, I wish I could say it was 100, 200 kayaks at a time, but we're looking at probably 40 to 50 kayaks per, per shipment, um, or per kind of inventory. And so uh, for us, that sold out in <clears throat> about two and a half weeks. And then uh, we were expecting, because, again, when we kind of were planning on this, uh, COVID had, had just kind of hit. And so we weren't really sure what that was going to look like, but, you know, supply chains got disrupted, um, manufacturing got disrupted, right. and, um, every just day-to-day business got disrupted. And so um, it kind of put us back in, in a good position, but it, it's, it's a good problem to have um, in the sense that people want kayaks and they sold out very quickly. It's a bad problem to have in the sense that I don't have kayaks to give them just yet until the end right. of this month.
0: Right. So, yeah, so I guess it's, like a, it's like a catch-22 sell out yeah. quick, but you can't, you can't meet the yeah. demands that people want.
1: Yep. And then, and then the other side of that coin is being able to figure out <clears throat> when that's going to flip back, because yeah. at some point, um, you know, I, COVID is going to pass. Probably going to happen right after the election happens. But, um, you know, it's going to pass eventually. And uh, we're going to kind of hopefully go back to to a somewhat of a day to day normalcy. And so I don't know if that's going to leave folks not wanting kayaks as much or if it's going to continue on in that trajectory, which I don't think it probably will be as strong as it is now. But um, trying to be able to gauge, you know, that inventory coming in in the right way is kind of the, the trick right now. So we're trying to do that right. So uh, we we do have our next kind of six months of inventory kind of planned out, um, and I think we're going to be on tar- on track for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I didn't even think about that. The, the whole like, I mean, it does seem like it's good for business, but when you run out of products and you can't sell product, I mean, you're you're still not making money. You just made you made a lot of money really fast. But now, now, you don't make money. Like, cause, like, there was a lot of the uh, the lure companies that had that problem too. Like, um, they sold out. You know, all the all the uh, bait shops were sold out. But it was the uh, it was like the, the smaller companies that just had a surplus of stuff or whatever that no one knew about that were kind of took over for a little bit. But even then, like, I mean, once once the product's gone and who knows where you get your uh, you know, the resources to build those products. You know, some some of them came from China. And you know the the, the stops and stuff they, they went on with that whole ordeal. So I mean, it's dude, business, business. Like I'm, I don't know if I'd ever want to start my own business. There's just so much to think about. You guys are you guys are ballsy. You guys are real ballsy with that shit.
1: It's 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 good and bad. I mean, it's it's rewarding. It's definitely um, a bit a little bit of a, a pain that you cause yourself in, in some ways. But um, you know, it's rewarding and you, you got to have the spirit for it. But um, you know, if you if you persevere and keep on going with it, 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 it usually works out in your favor. So. Um, that's what our plan is here, and I know that you're up there in um, in, in Upper New York. Is
0: are you, are you guys to by Lake
1: George, or where, where are you guys going to by? In the, in uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm not too far. I'm up. Uh, I'm closer to Syracuse. Uh, I, I fish a few tournaments, you know, uh, maybe one tournament a year at Lake George. It's about three hours away, uh, but I'm close. I'm close to the Adirondacks. I'm probably about an hour f- from actually being in the park, but I- I'm closer to like uh, the Syracuse uh, Lake Ontario, like those those areas. That's funny, yeah, uh, Syracuse. Um,
1: for my W-2 job, I do a lot of um, uh, uh, kind of emergency medicine uh, software sales like fire rescue hospitals. Uh, we sell a pediatric kind of software component. Um, and anyways, we, I was up in Syracuse a few years ago. Uh, first time I went out to Syracuse was for kind of a state EMS conference. And it was in October. And, you know, October, I'm down here in Florida. I'm like, oh, man, like, it's still hot. <laughs> you know, it's not cold yet. And so I, I didn't I didn't plan properly, and so now whenever I think of Syracuse, I remember the trip that I went up there without a jacket or anything like that. And I was walking around like a like a like a dumbass in my my short sleeve shirt, going like bar hopping after conference
0: hours. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's you don't do that up here in October. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, October's weird. October like last year, you know, it was hot. Uh, this year, it's supposed to be uh, freezing temperature like the next few days or something like that. So it's just it you know it gets cold up here. I mean, it's uh we're 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 up there next to canada like yeah what do you, i mean obviously
1: when it gets cold you guys are, are not kayak fishing i'm, I'm assuming
0: <laughs> no uh right now i'm in uh the last of my fish is probably about a week or two ago I, I think i'm done fishing um for the year i might go one more time but uh it's hunt season um and now that dude it's it gets crazy like i i just literally um uh, flipped my kayak about a, uh about a, a week ago cool. um and it cost me that, that that little flip cost me about $2000. So I'm of I kinda got a bitter taste in my mouth right now. Like I, I don't want to quit
1: completely. You know what? Uh, that's a bad, that's a bad news.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't want to I don't even want to look at shit right now cuz I've been spending like the last few days you know, replacing or figure out how cuz I mean, that's a lot of shit and I can't just I can't just say, "Hey, wife, I'm going to buy 2000 worth of gear and replace that. Are you okay with that?" She's just like, "No." So I'm like strategically fine trying to figure out how I'm gonna get this stuff before next season because some of this important stuff, like the uh, the fish finder, um, and then you know I lost like five rods, and so you know, I got to figure out what I want and. Those, a, the cork ends on on the, on the rods,
1: man, to help help them float that way. At least you get some time to try to grab it back.
0: Yeah, but the, the, again, that's the problem up here though because the water the water temps are already below 60. Um, and where I flipped, it, I flipped it because it was just a, a really windy day and I was messing with my GoPro like a like a jackass. And before yeah, I know I- it, I'm in the I'm in the water. And I'm like, shit. And so, like, the first thing in my mind, you know, it's like I got in the survival mode. It's like, damn, I'm about, a, about half a mile away from the shoreline. I, I can't because I got I got a Jackson Cusa and that thing's heavy. I can't flip it back over. So it's yeah. it, it's it's upside down. That's just the way it's going to be till I get to shore. So I'm like, okay. So I got to push this thing. My buddy's there, but he's not going to jump in the water. He's going to do his best to stay in his kayak and, and help us get to shore. And so, you know, I'm like how long can i survive out here before you know I, I start you know feeling the effects of hypothermia or or my my thinking becomes less clear and i'm like do we really want to sit here and time that shit so i'm like no we got to get back to shore so you know i grabbed what i could when, you know i was able to grab like two or three rods and my buddy grabbed my uh, crate that, that that managed to save up like two like two boxes out of like 15 of my uh, my tackle and stuff and that was it um and then we just spent like like 30 minutes trying to push the uh the kayak back to shore and so it was just like you gotta be careful up here. Like once it starts getting uh, fall, like it's you don't want to get stuck out here in that kind of water. It's not like Florida where you can still get suntans and yeah. you know heat strokes. So like it, the, the the goal wasn't say the say the equipment as much as it was to get get my ass back to shore. Um, you know so I don't die or drown or whatever. <laughs> yeah no down here in Florida,
1: our our winter is probably two weeks in january and, and after that we're even in the winter time we're it's the winter time we're you know back in the water and it's not it's, not, it's actually enjoyable for those you know few days of, of a cold front and after that you're kind of like all right when's the, when's the warmth coming back again
0: uh, it, it, the water the water will freeze and there'll be people ice fishing by like january depending on when our winter starts but well, i don't my- ice fish i don't ice fish Well, yeah. So that was gonna be my next question,
1: actually. What do you guys do uh, about kind of fishing season? Which obviously ice fishing is something that is uh, a concept that I don't grasp yet. But I'll
0: start. I'll I'll start. uh, You know, like I'm already starting to load shit up and get it all, uh, whatever, store for the winter. Uh, And now I I get ready for the uh, the Trail Series to put out their uh, their next year's tournaments, and then I'll spend this time replacing tackle. Uh, map reading, like, looking at some of the lakes, and try to figure out what my schedule's going to be like for next year, you know, some of my goals, and things I want to accomplish, and you want to decide what my lakes are, like, really try to break them down and figure out, you know, how I could possibly win these tournaments and things like that, and then, um, what I started doing last year, I started going down south to fish the spring tournaments early, like, I think my first tournament last year was, uh, it was late February at uh, South Carolina, Sandy Cooper, um, right. and I didn't, you know, it, it was still frozen, like, when I left New York, I left during a blizzard, I got down, I got down to South Carolina where it was like, you know, 50, 60 degrees and just started fishing tournaments down South. Cause that's stuff. I mean, like it really don't start thawing out where we can fish till, till like late April or, or, or it starts thawing probably like the beginning of April, but there's still frozen areas. Like you can go find open water and fish, but it's like, it's winter fishing, like real winter fishing, like the water temperature to like thirties, like you're deep fishing, you're drop shotting, you're, you know, like. You're catching maybe a fish here or there, or maybe you, you catch a school of them, but still it's a very slow, painfully cold it's bite. Tough. Some days it'll snow yeah. on you. Some days you'll get a cold front coming in and you'll be out there with your your eyelashes freezing together. It's just, we're hardcore up here, man. And, and glues to the, to, the, to, the, to the rod, the reel. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, we don't really start fishing until like about May is when like we really start our local, our local seasons, like probably about May 1st is when we actually really start uh fishing tournaments up here. And so but this year, you know, like next year, I'll probably just start doing the uh whatever big events they got down in the south. I'll probably do two or three trips uh maybe yeah. to Florida you gotta try Alabama. to Alabama uh to SummerSlam down here in uh
1: in Broward, man. They do it uh it's every it's every August, I believe, but it, it's going out for I and mean, it's going offshore, but uh it's it's Quite a good time, man. You go out
0: for some kingfish and some. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I do know about going off there. <laughs> I mean, if I go back <laughs> right to Florida, like I, I really want to go back to Florida. I really want to go back to Panama City. I didn't. I remember kayak fish down there. Uh, you know, I grew up. Like I said, I grew up in the panhandle. So there's just all these places I want to fish now that I think about when I was a kid that I would just love to get a kayak. Get, and, you know, there's there's just so many places to fish in Florida. We got yeah. so many bodies of water down there. Uh, anywhere from a golf course to the Gulf Coast. I mean, you know, there's just so, <laughs> so much, so, so look, much look, to do down there. Some of the biggest peacock bass
1: I find in golf courses, but you can never catch them because they're they don't let you fish there. <laughs> yeah, you, no, like, but I mean,
0: I like to get down there and fish some of those uh, some of those good bass fisheries uh, things like that. But uh, you know we'll what? See. Uh, you
1: know what started coming down here a lot that are really good fish to to, to, to catch is um is snakeheads.
0: And so they're uh, I didn't know those were in Florida. So they're in Asia,
1: but uh, they started making their way. Uh, someone started releasing them into the canals down here and um they uh they become a little bit of a problem but they, they are fun fish to catch um and and when they hit they hit pretty well and and one thing that i actually found pretty interesting and i, and I haven't tried this yet but i've been seeing it kind of become a thing and, and it's kind of becoming a thing like people eating iguanas down here i don't know if you've ever seen that but people during the winter time with start falling out of the trees and stuff here and catching them and it's starting to cook them now which is Those
0: someone's odd. pet at one time you know what i mean probably
1: <laughs> yeah so people are eating those, but uh yeah snakeheads have actually become a, a fish that uh people I, I've been seeing a lot of people starting to eat so I've been mean, a lot of local kind of kayaking groups down here, and then I see people posting all the time you know fried snakehead and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about eating that out of the canal, but apparently it's a pretty white fish and it's 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 pretty good to eat, but uh those are fun fish to catch too, so you gotta try and catch those when you're down here yeah,
0: for sure two more things and we'll wrap this thing up uh specifically towards uh towards fishing um is there like, is there any type of like headway you want to make in that market as far as like? I mean, yeah. I, know, I know you guys, I know you guys aren't really trying to be an empire. Like, look, you're gra- you're starting off small, and you'll, we'll go we'll go wherever the journey may take us. But uh, is there anything that you're looking at trying to do like to really get into the fishing industry? So you are known as a you know a fishing kayak that you you can see you'll start seeing your boat on Instagram with a uh, Invicta fishing uh, hashtag. You know, like, is there is there anything that you're looking at like wanting to get it? like? Are you talking to Tournament series, maybe, or are you looking at having pro staff teams? Like, is there anything you're trying to do to really build yourself in, or do you even really want to? Do you want to just stay like a, uh, you know, a recreational fishing kayak, or do you want to see like, or do you want to see your uh, your boat fishing some of the bigger tournaments? They, you know, great. I know you don't really fish tournaments, but you know they exist. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Well, uh, personally, uh, for me, tournaments is something that, that that I am starting to get into a little bit more now. Um, I'm, I, I actually like the 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 idea of the offshore fishing. Uh, a little bit more than you probably do. Uh, I've been I've done it a few times now, and I'm, I'm starting to get used to it. Uh, the hardest part is kind of changing the way that you fish when you're out there, because you know it's not it's not shallow water. You're not just kind of you know throwing a spoon out there and, and, right. and trying to try to get some sea trout or something, but uh, you're, you're learning how to jig, and jigging is not something that's easy to learn. It's it's, uh, it's a workout. Right. <laughs> and so um, you know, for me personally as a fisherman, I, I definitely do want to get into uh, tournament fishing a little bit more, especially uh, offshore fishing. Uh, fishing tournaments but for our for our kayak and our company um, our, our, our we, d- we do want to be in those tournaments and, and kind of have those as as you know something that people want to be in and, and use during those tournaments too so uh, we we have started kind of talking to some folks uh, locally down here that and in, in, in some other parts of Virginia and North Carolina that we've kind of built some relationships with um, that have some pretty good followings and and do some local you know bass tournaments and stuff like that that uh, we are looking to kind of have used use as some members, um, but uh, that, that's probably going to be something that we focus on over the next probably three three to six months. Um, is kind of building a, a small group of, of pro staff anglers that that you know really want to try to build something with us and, and and start using them during those those tournaments and, and kind of making a name for both Invicta and obviously themselves. Um, and then with with tournament series, I mean, uh, we 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 have every day we get emails and and kind of DMs from folks that that you know want to be pro staff, but at the same time, they're we get some interesting ones. I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but you'll pop on their page and you'll see that they're, you know, they're they're uh you know cannabis side business that they're running. And I I get it. I don't I don't care personally, but I can't I can't be sad. I can't have you as my pro staff member. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, that that is a, a near future goal for us is to get a, a small team of, of kind of core pro staff members, uh, kind of a team built up. So uh, that is something we're looking for.
0: Cool. Now, uh, if you want this is kind of your chat like, to actually really tell about your company, not just the annoying questions I'm asking, but like your uh, your brand, your uh, and your. Your, your products. If you want to go through them real quick, if you can remember all of them, if you got it written down, you got, yeah. you got like five or six boats. So just go ahead and like tell people about the like the company where they can look it up, the boats you have, who they who they're kind of tailored towards, and then we'll wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, our, our brand name obviously is, it's Invicta Kayaks, normal spelling on that. Our website InvictaKayaks.com. You can find us on Instagram InvictaKayaks, Facebook as well. Um, but you know we we do have five models right now. We have kind of our uh, I call it our I want to say beginner model, but our kind of tipping, tipping your toes in the water model that we call our uh, Invicta Cuda. It's basically a small nine-foot boat, very basic, just kind of getting out of the water. has a few fishing rod holders on it, a little bit of storage on there as well. Uh, really great for just getting out on the lake or a canal, uh, something that you're not really having to kind of do too much paddling out to. Uh, so we have that one. We have our Invicta Typhoon 100, which is our 10-foot 10 boat. Um, tends to be our, our probably our most popular model uh, just because, you know, 10 feet tends to be that kind of nice in-between size of having something that's easy to travel with um, and, and something that's good on the water too, especially inshore on, on lakes and canals as well. Um, so that tends to be our most popular model. Um, and then from there, we start getting into some of our larger boats, which are, are mainly geared towards about 12 feet. Um, so we do have a tandem that is designed to, to do some fishing. Um, obviously, tandems aren't really the best fishing type boats out there just simply because, you know, you don't want to get that, you know, hook of the side of your head from your partner in front of you casting. Right,
0: right. That's how the forces start.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's 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 fun to go out, especially if, you know, if you have a wife or a girlfriend that or husband or whatever, whoever that, um, you know, likes to go out on the water with you and, and maybe you're not always able to take out, you know, your, your fishing, ideal fishing boat out every single time, but they want to go out with you and you want to bring a rod along. Um, we, me and my wife do that all the time. We we go out in tandem, and you know she'll paddle and I'll throw it online and she'll she'll troll for me basically, which is awesome. But um, so we do have a tandem. We call it our Poseidon 120T, um, great boat. Um, and then from there we have our our Kraken, uh, which is a 12 foot boat as well. Uh, it's kind of the ideal fishing boat in, in my mind, anyways. That's probably our our, our preferred fishing uh, angling boat. Um. And outside of that, we have our Sea Serpent, which is our, our, our pedal drive um, kayak that we offer that you were talking about earlier. Um, more or less designed similarly to the Kraken, just kind of has your pedal drive built into it. But uh, all these kayaks, they, they all have kind of rail mounting systems built into them, rudder systems built into them. Um, there are kind of pre-drilled rivets and stuff like that, so you can kind of add on your own uh, commodities and your own um, customizable features that you want to. But uh, we kind of pre-built those with, with those uh, designs in mind. So. It's a little bit about our kayaks.
0: Cool. Now, the, the, uh, the relic system, like my last question, I promise, but are those railing systems good with, like, the Yak Attack stuff, like all the um, are those kind of railing systems? Yeah. So, I mean, um,
1: they are. Um, it, it obviously depends on kind of what mod you're trying to put onto them. So inside of those railing systems, there, there are already some kind of free-moving um, uh, bolts, if you will, or nuts that you can kind of screw into if you need to. So it, you can add additional kind of hardware onto them because of those nuts that are already in there. Um, so they, they do go with yak attack and and rail and stuff like that as well. Uh, just really depends on kind of what pieces of them you're trying to, to, trying to build onto them, but you can always, you know, remove them and and put in other ones that you, that you you might be more comfortable with too.
0: Cool, man. Well, Pat, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, this is the first time I've done done a show like this. I was really, I was really excited because like I said, it's always, everyone always talks to the owner of Jackson or the the Hobie guy or everyone always talks to us. It's like, what are they going to say? What can I get them to say that people haven't already heard? Like, I mean, there's a reason why those guys, you know, are at the top. So I was like, I want to talk to someone who's just starting. I want to know, you know, like some of the, some of the struggles, some of you know, what it's like to like try to, you know, try to get into an industry that already exists, you know. Um, and it was cool, man. You answered a lot of my questions. I really do appreciate uh, your time tonight. No, I appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what
1: you guys are doing with, um, I think, it's Slay Nation that I, that I yeah. saw uh, you guys are doing. Some, what's what's that all about, just out of curiosity?
0: uh slate nation is kind of like you like um you know it was, it was started by a, a guy named frankie it was it was a small boat uh tournament series that he you know was kayaks canoes john boats um he's like in his third year and you know when covid happened uh the Let's podcast we, the, yeah. the, the, po, the, po, the podcast was like it was uh all i did because a lot of play, a lot of tournaments got canceled uh a lot of in-person tournaments got canceled and so i was just looking for people to talk to uh and so I was talking to him and uh, we started doing a lot of charity events kind of together uh, mostly him, but you know I, I was helping like, get the word out and trying to you know give anglers uh you know something to do during a while the, because everybody wants to compete or, or do something to do so we were able to get like like charity events where you could fish your own bodies of water around you and things like that and so you know we me and him became pretty good friends and then I kind of saw or made predictions of how the uh how COVID was going to affect the tournament scene for like the years to come and like one of the things that I learned was like well, one thing it didn't really affect was, like, uh, your local tournament scene. Like, I mean, those did the best they could. They weren't like they were before, but we were still getting things done. And I, and I was like, i really like to see something, like, not not as small as your local chapter, but not as big as, like, the uh, the big national events. Like, something like, like a, a weird in-between that, you know, losers like me can go in and not to worry about giving our money to the best anglers in the world type thing. And so it's kind of like you, like, kind of, you know, an entry-level... B- but not exactly the entry level, like a little bit a step above, you know, so we're doing like state championships with regional championships at the end. Uh, that's kind of what we want to do. We kind of want to build regions throughout the country, you know, a Northeast region and Southeast, you know, things like that. And, and give people another option than just like the, uh, the national events, which, you know, I'll still do, but those are hard to go to. Like if you live up in upstate New York, that's a, it's a 12, 18 hour drive sometimes, you know, plus the $250 entry fee, the food, you know, the days of, you know, Lodging wow. and things like that. So we were kind of looking for something that was just gonna give people a chance to like compete and have a good time without yeah. the financial burden of trying to be a, a champion in a sport that already has champions. Like I mean, like I'm not saying that you should go out there and, and compete if that's what you want to do. I'm just saying like those guys are really good. Like I mean, like it's gonna take some time to get to get to that level that they're at. So we kind of wanted to create that in between where we, you know, maybe even build an angle. Like, maybe one day like, oh wow, I'm actually pretty good at this shit. Maybe I'll go test myself against the best of the best and uh you know make a player out of someone i don't know it's just we just wanted to be like an in-between uh type of organization that just gives people a, a chance to compete and have a good time so that's kind of all it was uh and we'll see this is the first year we're going to do the actual kayak series mm-hmm. uh that was, was kind of like my idea because i was like man, like frankie what do you think about just doing a kayak series and he's like what do you mean and then i told him my thoughts he's like okay i see that i see what you're talking about so it seems to be doing all right i mean we'll see how it goes it's kind of like you guys we're taking a chance and we'll see how it how it all falls out. You know, it might, might be great. It might be shit. I don't know. (laughs) I I think it's probably pretty good. I mean, I I do
1: think that a lot of folks are looking for those kayak tournaments. I know down here in South Florida, um, there haven't been a whole bunch of them lately. Um, again, SummerSlam is probably the biggest one that gets put on. Um, and then outside of that is some, some, you know, smaller ones that aren't too close to South Florida. But when you guys, I know, I think I saw you guys have a director in Florida. Um, I think. I don't know if it's a kayak series, but I think Slay Nation has a, someone here in Florida. But when you guys come down, to yeah, There's Florida- definitely
0: a present. I just don't know if it's a kayak. I know there's definitely the uh, the Slay Nation small boat tournament series down there. Well, uh, when you guys have that Florida tournament, you guys have to let me know. And I want to come out and, and
1: check it out and, heck, maybe get into the tournament game myself.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. But, uh, man, I do appreciate you coming on. Uh, stay in touch. Uh, can't wait to see what what goes on with the uh, Invicta Kayaks. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time, guys. Have a good All day. Right, talk to you later. Bye, man. Bye-bye.